Welcome to the Sound Words Podcast, where our goal is to help Christians love and live out God's Word. I'm Pastor Aaron Nicholson, and today I'm here with my friend, co-worker, roommate for a time, right, at the Alpha Mega House, and uh, brother in Christ, Pastor Dwayne. I was also Dwayne. your house mom. You were my house mom, that's right. <laughs> was, I, was I a good resident? No, never. <laughs> yeah. But we got past that, right? And yeah. we became friends, and we became ministers, co-laborers in the gospel. Yeah. Um, so, Dwayne, I'm thankful for you, and I'm very excited today for our podcast on decision-making. Um, earlier, I Googled, how many decisions do people make in a day? And Google says the average person makes 35,000 decisions per day. And so as I understand it, you'll be walking us through each of those decisions. 30,000, yeah. Yeah, so we can make the right ones and never make a mistake. For those of you who don't know Dwayne, um, he is, like I said, a pastor here at the church. You've been a pastor for over 13 years. Um, You love the Lord. You love your family, Laura, uh, your kids, Isaiah, Paxton, Abigail, Connor. um, And you've just been uh, just a wonderful co-worker and wonderful uh, like I said, co-laborer of the gospel. And so I'm, I'm very excited to hear some wisdom today in uh, biblical decision-making. So thanks again for being here. We'll start with uh, kind of, you know, just a get-to-know-you question. Um, can you just tell us when were you saved and how has the Lord led you to where you are today? Well, God saved me in 2004, right after I graduated high school. I went to Sin City and uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was saved there. And I was saved there because the Word of God had been planted in my heart uh, my parents became believers when they were young adults. They brought me here to Indian Hills, taught me the Word, and they taught me the Word at home as well. I rejected it for many years, but it finally bore, fr- bore fruit in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I trusted Christ out there. Long time ago now, half lifetime ago, uh, but He saved me out there. Out of all places, Las Vegas, huh? That's right. Salvation City. Yeah, wonderful. Well, and how has the Lord led you to uh, be a pastor here at the church? And maybe walk us through what, what roles you've had here. Yeah. Since you've been here. Well, he led me um, slowly, gently, one step at a time. I got saved, and all I, know, all I knew was I wanted to be involved, wanted to serve. So I just showed up, started showing up. Then one opportunity after another, and just wider doors, and through, through encouragement, through confirmation, through growth, through feedback, uh, the Lord led me one step at a time. I've done many things, worn many hats. I've been an intern, part-time intern, full-time pastoral intern, high school pastor, junior high pastor, college pastor, worn many hats, you know, uh, um, game show host one day, yeah. you know, tra- uh, trip advisor, uh, <laughs> planner the next. Babysitter in yeah, there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of that. <laughs> but but um, many things over the years, many different responsibilities, but it's been, it's been a blessing. So Yeah, awesome. Thankful for you. All right, so this is a bit of a leading question, uh, but where is the Lord leading you now? Well, the Lord's leading me, as you know, to uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, to Mid Valley Bible Church, south of Salt Lake City area. Bible Church there, people that love the Lord, love His Word, love one another. So here, just in a few weeks now, actually, we'll be going to to minister and serve there. Very excited. It's bittersweet. We love people here, love the ministry here, but um, the Lord just made it so clear. That's where He wants us now. So most of the books are packed, so don't ask me to say anything. <laughs> um, most of the house is packed. We're almost ready to go to Mid-Valley Bible Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Awesome. When are you heading out? December 1st. December 1st. Okay. And and just like it is here, I assume I can call you every day and we can talk about ministry and, and I can throw my ideas at you. Is that all right? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's one thing I just really love about working with you, Dwayne, is, is just even talking about just casual ministry things and ideas, and you have a lot of wisdom. Well, um, here, here's the biggest question I have for you. It's about decision-making, and I think the title of this episode is going to be Principles of Biblical Decision-Making. Uh, we all make decisions. Like I mentioned, we have tons of decisions to make, small and big. Based on God's Word, what principles would you suggest for biblical decision-making? For all 30,000? For all 35,000 decisions we make per day. Before I have some general principles, let me just lay two absolutely foundational um, footings. First, you got to be a believer, right? You have to have your sins forgiven. Because if you're not a believer, not only do you have eternity in hell paying for your own sins, but also your mind is clouded and enslaved by sin. You won't think clearly on any decisions, really. So first, you have to be a believer. And for the believer, um, there's no substitute for the Word of God. You have to be Word-saturated. You have to be the man of Psalm 1 that delights in God's Word, that meditates on His Word day and night. Open my Bible here to Colossians 3, um, 16, a verse you know well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. So even before we get to principles, that has to be true for the believer in making decisions. God words, God's Word has to rest at home in their heart and life. So they see everything through the Word of God. So then I did write down, I just jotted down seven principles. Um, you could probably make more, not an exhaustive list. You could word it differently, but seven things to think through. And the first, pretty simply, is does the Bible give a direct command or a prohibition in this area? And if it does, decision made. Well, at least hopefully, right? Um, we want to yeah. follow what the Lord says. So it is, does, do not steal. Okay, decision made. So it's pretty easy. Um, not easy, but pretty simple there. Second principle would, would be, does the Bible give wisdom and guidelines in this area? There's many things the Bible gives us wisdom for, but not laws for. How we use our time, for example. The Bible doesn't give us laws how we're supposed to use our time, but it does say, um, you know, uh, make the most of your opportunity, Ephesians chapter 5. So I want to apply that wisdom to life. The Bible doesn't give us laws on how we use our money exactly, but it does give wisdom on being generous and being wise and taking care of responsibilities. So after I go through what the Bible says, black and white, command prohibition, I look for, is there wisdom in this area? Just guidelines. And again, this is why the Word has to saturate the mind. Um, so is there guidelines, wisdom here? Third thing I wrote down... And on that wisdom, though, I mean, would, is there one or two books you would really point to to yeah, say Yeah, Proverbs. This? Yeah, right. Proverbs especially. Yeah. Um, all of God's Word is for life, but um, for decision-making day-to-day, especially the book of Proverbs, and especially maybe the epistles in the New Testament, giving commands on how we're to live as Christians today. Sure. But for those principles, yeah, Proverbs, one has our, our words, how we deal with wealth, all those type of things. Yeah, Proverbs needs to saturate the mind. Third uh, principle I wrote down is prayer. It's absolutely vital for believers that we pray. We should pray at all times, pray uh, thanking the Lord for his provisions and also asking for help in time of need. And a big thing we need in decision-making, especially the bigger the decision gets, is wisdom. And James chapter 1, verse 5 says, the one who lacks wisdom is to ask for wisdom, trusting that God will give it. It's so encouraging to me. That section's especially in the context of trials. God wants to give his children wisdom. Generously. Yes, and he wants us to make good decisions, godly decisions. He's not stingy. Um, So when we come to a trial or just a decision, we don't know what to do, we'll pray. That's one of the first things we should do. Lord, 
what would be the right thing for me in this situation? Also, I think of Philippians chapter four, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I pray for physical things, but also just pray for wisdom when it comes to decision-making. So we can't skip that step. We have to keep God in the equation with prayer. Fourth principle I wrote down is seek godly wisdom. Now, godly wisdom is key here, godly counsel. Proverbs 18.1 tells us that he who separates himself seeks his own desire. Many other Proverbs tell us there's wisdom in many counselors. So I want to seek godly wisdom. Uh, Maybe a friend, trusted friend who knows the Lord, maybe a, a spouse, a wife, a husband, maybe a pastor, maybe an elder. You know, what do you think about this situation? So with seeking godly wisdom, let me say, uh, we got to be careful here, though, because if it's an area the Bible doesn't directly address, we might ask three people, we might get three answers. It's still good to ask for wisdom, but still up to you to make the decision. Um, also, just a, a warning, maybe, um, sometimes we can be too prideful to ask for advice. So God's given his word, it's sufficient. We're also in the body of Christ. So we got to make sure that we don't let our pride hold me back from asking others who are godly to, you know, is there any insight? Am I missing anything in the word here? So we want to ask for godly counsel from um, counselors. Um, and my last three points are just the faith, hope, and love. And these are broad principles. You could word them differently. You could go down more detailed. But when it comes to decision-making, we're starting, I start big picture and I narrow in. So our last three, five, six, and seven, are faith, hope, and love. I want to make decisions in faith. First, trusting what God has said black and white in the Word. Uh, that's why it has to be saturated with the Word. And then um, trusting Him daily um, for daily living, as I trust what He says and follow Him. And then there's an element of faith when it comes to our conscience here. And Romans chapter 14, I think verse 23, talks about this. Anything not from faith is sin. So if there's an area in my life where I don't believe the Lord would have me do this, I don't want to go against conscience. Conscience comes into play here. Um, so I want, to, I want to act in faith, what God's Word black and white says, and then in faith doing what I think the Lord would have me do. And it's, it's dangerous to go against conscience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I want to act in faith, even in the daily decisions I have, not going against my conscience. Would you also throw that verse in James about neglecting something? Um, you know, to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Would you also group that in that application? Yeah, for sure. Um, we can sin by omission. We can sin by commission. So um, in this, in there are so many areas. Most of the decisions we have aren't black and white in the sense God speaks to us. He speaks in his word. He doesn't speak mm-hmm. to us, Dwayne, buy a cheeseburger over a hamburger. <laughs> um, but I have to act in faith in the word of God, and again, on what my conscience says is right. And against the warning with conscience, um, conscience doesn't override the word of God. Our conscience, it needs to be informed and directed, programmed by the Word of God. It's like a GPS system. The GPS, if the, if the program's wrong, it can lead us astray. So our conscience, our mind, needs to be constantly being retuned, reprogrammed to the Word of God. So yeah. sixth point I wrote down is, is hope. And this comes into play, uh, hope specifically about the future. The decisions I make, I want them to impact eternity. Now, I think we have a lot of decisions. Those th- was it 30,000? 35,000. 35,000. Yeah. And 227 yeah. were about food alone. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't worry According about food. According to Google. Yeah. God will provide. Uh, you know, but the, the bigger decisions we're talking about, you know, what job to take, who to marry, these things we're talking about. Um, I want to impact eternity. 
So, so will this impact eternity? Yeah, you know, will it help others be in eternity with me in, in the Lord? Um, will it help me have more reward at the Bema seat? Will it help others have more reward at the Bema seat? Mm-hmm. So as I think through a job to take and, you know, the decision list goes uh, on from there, uh, we got to pull our eyes back beyond this life, beyond the next five years to 50 years, 100 years, eternity. So we have to keep that in mind. And with that point, we say um, we want to make the best decisions we can. So often we can be comfortable just to be getting by and doing okay, you know, but we've been privileged to serve the Lord now, to glorify his name, to earn reward, to help others come to know him. So I want to not just do good things, but the best things. Mm. And I have to hold eternity in view there. I love that future thinking. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not citizens of earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so even the decisions we make now, we ought to make for that future life in heaven, that eternal life. Yeah. That's helpful. And practically decisions I make now might make this life harder. That's okay um, if they're going to make eternity better, yeah. if I can say it that way. That's right. So so hope. My last point um, is love. In all their decisions making, they have to be driven by love. And this is a broad principle, um, as the other ones are as well. But I have to live for the Lord and others, not myself. Um, so, you know, first, do I love the Lord? As a believer, we do, but we need growing in our love and then making decisions on what would glorify his name the most. Not how can I promote myself, not how can I have more fame or wealth or uh, those things come into play. But ultimately, I have to think, will this bring glory to Jesus Christ? I may quote it a lot, but it's, it's impacted me, so I'll quote it again. George Whitfield, famous evangelist from the um, Great Awakening, is very, very famous in his day. He said, let the name of Whitfield perish the name of Christ be exalted. Um, So I want to love him and see him honored and praised. So, but not just love God. I want to love others um, with believers and unbelievers alike. So my decisions don't start with me. The way I summarize decision-making, I wanted to say this earlier, I forgot. The way I think about decision-making is do what the Bible says and do what you want. You said that to me earlier this morning. Yeah, that's that's, that's my highlighted part. That's so good. It's succinct, too. Do what the Bible says. But which is the harder part? And do what you want. Well, they're both. It's very simple, um, but it's not easy because the Bible has a lot to say. God's not trying to confuse us, but uh, we need to be immersed in the Word. We'll get to doing what we want in a minute if we have time. But love, we start with, the Bible says, love the Lord and love others. So my decision to be based on not what will be my ease, but will be for believers' good, mm. um, the edification of the saints, even if it means difficulty for me. So I start with them in mind versus me in mind, and that's love. And the same with the unbeliever. Uh, my decisions, will this impact unbelievers? Um, will it help them? We'll put a stumbling block in their way or we'll open a door for the gospel that they might hear it and be saved. You could go further into detail with principles. You could read, of course, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, um, 8, 9, and 10. 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. They give principles on areas of freedom, areas of liberty. So it's a good section to study in more depth and look into. Also, Romans 14 and 15, very similar section. But it comes down to basically you make decisions for the glory of God because you love Him and the good of others. And that's my own good as well. That's not contradictory to that. But I start with God and others. I don't start with me. Mm-hmm. So my seventh principle is is love. And then that's worked out practically in decision-making 
Yeah. And, and just fits with what Christ says is the royal law, right? You I mean, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And if we do that in every decision, we are glorifying God. Yeah, that's right. That's my first page of notes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Let's do it. Well, Keep going. the way I summarize decision-making is, it's not. I, I'm sure I'm plagiarizing from someone who knows who, but do what the Bible says and do what you want. So first step is be doing what the Bible says, both black and white and wisdom and faith, hope, and love, praying, seeking godly counsel, and then do what you want. Um, now, not before, you make sure you're following the scripture, not forgetting to follow the scripture, but still do what you want. There's great, great freedom in the Christian life. Eighth principle, freedom, hmm. freedom, freedom. There might be many decisions believers have to make that they have two decisions or a multitude of decisions, and frankly, they could pick any of them and still be just as pleasing to God. Um, so what, how do they pick after they go through the Scripture, go through prayer? They do what they want. Um, so there's freedom there. You're not freedom me first, God first, others above myself. There's still great freedom to, to do what I want. Now, we've got to be careful here, because even for the believer who has been justified and made new on the inside, there's still warring desires. So it's not do what I want in my flesh, it's do what I want as my mind and heart are molded and shaped by the Word of God. Um, but then, in areas of liberty, um, I want to do what I want, hopefully what I want is mm-hmm. informed by those first seven principles I talked about. In all, in all their decisions, though, whether whatever you make, I quoted Colossians three sixteen earlier, Colossians three seventeen goes on to say, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That might be a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. But whatever decisions we make, and we have freedom to make many decisions, who to marry, what school to go to, what job to get, when to retire, when to move, uh, there's freedom. But in all of them, we have to keep, I'm doing this to glorify the Lord, to see his name honored, his word spread, believers edified, and the lost evangelized. So we have to be careful, though. As I don't start with me. But after I go through the biblical principles, I still have freedom, great freedom. And believers are very, very opinionated. Um, peer pressure is the word we use, especially with young people, right? There might be believers who think you should do something else. Well, I should ask counsel, seek the Lord's will and the word, but then I have to make the decision um, and not be intimidated by what others, even fellow believers, might think. After I'm following the word of God, I believe he'll have me do this, so I want to buckle down and, and not be afraid of the opinions of men. As we think through life and make decisions, we do want to have peace in the decisions we make. Um, And there's a subjective side here in making decisions. There's the black and white word of God, but there's a subjective element is he's given me freedom to choose in many, many areas. So the rubric of how to have peace I go to in my mind usually is Philippians chapter 4, Matthew 6, 2. But Philippians 4 tells us to pray without ceasing um, and to ponder on the Word of God, and to practice the Word of God, and we'll have peace. You know, sometimes I might have, let's just narrow it down to two to make it easy, two decisions that I think are both biblical. I might just go with the one I'm more at peace with. Hmm. So that subjective element, uh, I'm not worrying about what men think, um, as we talked about a minute ago, but just, I believe the Lord have me do this. Another thing, preachers, another thing, another thing. (laughs) Just one more. (laughs) Not the last one, but another one, is we're all going to make mistakes. So we don't, um, we will sin, and we also will just make mistakes, maybe not black and white sin, but maybe if I rewound five years, I'd make a different decision. God picks us up where we are, 
and we learn through even our mistakes. You know, sometimes people get so bent out of shape about what they did in the past. It's covered by the blood. Um, God picks us up where we are today. So I maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should have made a different decision. But, you know, I don't worry about yesterday. Also with decisions, I don't worry too much about tomorrow. And we do want to plan. We do want to think. We do want to be wise. But tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Christ in Matthew chapter 6. You know, and God gives wisdom for today. Sometimes we get bent out of shape about tomorrow's decisions. I have no idea what my decisions will be tomorrow. But I'll trust the Lord and make those decisions then. Today, I have to worry about making these decisions. So there's a freedom there. You know, yesterday it's, it's done. Uh, there's forgiveness if it was sin. If it was a good decision, great. Tomorrow, God will give me wisdom for tomorrow's decision. Today is a decision I have to make. So um, I play checkers more than chess. I'll let God be the, the chess master. I'll just next step. Next yeah, step, next Where your thing. options are so, limited. Yeah. And of course, we have to bring up Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in this conversation, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So how do you make a decision? Well, to simplify it, trust the Lord. His black and white word, and as you're following that, his provision and providence for your life. There's great freedom and there's great joy and even excitement in going through life. I don't have to plan my life. God has it planned. I just have to be faithful today and then freedom. So how do you make decisions? My summary, do what the Bible says, then do what you want. Awesome. Thank you very much, Dwayne. That's very helpful. And, um, you know, I I didn't prep you on this, but uh, just just illustration for for listeners and um, for me. why did you decide to become a pastor in uh, Mid-Valley Bible Church? At Mid-Valley Bible Church? Well, many things went into it. Um, the Lord has always led me in ministry just so easily. And at this point, just so many doors have opened up. Um, I'm just on a raft, and the Lord's just pushing the current along. Now, as someone told me, there's going to be rapids. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know when, though. Um, it's a church that loves the Lord, loves His Word, loves one another. I have a desire um, to, to keep ministering and serving as a pastor. Um, I like this. I like the West. I like mountains. <laughs> I like skiing. So oh, all these yeah, things, who doesn't? Those are they're not the first things, there. but they come into play. Um, so there's a, so there's a objective side and there's a subjective side. Yeah. I think I'm doing what the Bible says and then I do what I want. So you had so, peace with it. I had great peace, you know? You had peace leaving a, a, a workspace with me to go somewhere else. Well, we brought you back on staff, <laughs> and I, I have to get out of here. <laughs> well, I'm going to miss you, but uh, no, thank you, Dwayne. I'm, I'm very excited for you and Laura and your family. I have Mid-Valley Bible Church. You're getting an excellent pastor um, in whatever, you, whatever they have you doing. Uh, I know you're going to do it well, and you're going to do it faithfully. Um, when I, I think of you and your ministry, I think a lot of 1 Corinthians 4, 2, which says, it talks about stewards of the word. And it says, it's required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. And you totally are that. You're, you're trustworthy, you're faithful, you're very consistent in your walk and in your example. And so praise God for that. And um, thank oh, you for your testimony. It's all his grace, right? His grace at work through us. Amen. Well, and thanks for today. And thanks for sharing those seven plus <laughs> biblical principles. Uh, typical pastor, always adding that extra point in there. No, but thank you very much. Thank you listeners for uh, uh, listening and watching uh, this episode of the Sound Words podcast. I'll close with our theme verse from 2 Timothy 1.13, which says, retain the standard of sound words, which you have heard from me in the faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Well, and thanks for tuning in to the Sound Words podcast. <laughs>